do you know when it's the right time to pivot direction in your career or quit a job or project? Is there ever a right time? And if something isn't working for you, how do you decide on your next step? This week, we sit down with Nikki Elliott, host of brand new podcast, Women's Business and founder of Wilder Ones. In a world dominated by the Instagram facade, Nikki's honesty around the realities of a non-linear, multifaceted career and life journey is so refreshing and very much needed. Nikki, we are really excited to have you here and it's funny because we've just been chatting a lot about uh, life outside of work and we know outside of uh, running a business you also have kids, have a family, you are a human being. Um, how I'd love to know what's your approach to uh, moulding life around work versus moulding work around your life? <sighs> I mean, that is a journey that I have really, really been on over the last few years in particular. And I think I am definitely in the camp that work is just part of life and I don't see them as two separate things. Work is really, really important to me and I have to work and I need to work and it gives me purpose. Um, but what I do has changed and evolved with becoming a parent, like you mentioned, and so I think for me, I'm very much about molding them around each other, really, and depending on, you know, where I want my focus to be and also being really careful about how I talk about work to my kids, because I want them to know that work is part of life. It's a fundamental thing. You can love it. You should love it. You should aim to make it part of your life that you enjoy. And even just this morning, my husband was leaving to go into work early and generally he's around a lot and he works from home. So we're really fortunate, but the last couple of days he's been away and then he was back and then he left again super early. And my daughter was like, why is daddy leaving again so soon? And I said to her, because daddy enjoys his work. He wants to go. He's helping a lot of people to enjoy their work and he helps us live in our house and pay the mortgage. Um, so off he goes, have a great day, daddy. And I really tried to reframe that so that there wasn't this like, look, I've got to work, love. I've got to, and not that you want, you know, you've got to make sure they know that it's something that you want to do. I, so I love that. for me, it's that, yeah, it's very much molding them around each other. I, I'd love to ask as well, is it, do you think having kids was a very pivotal thing in, in kind of, the evolution of your attitude towards work and life or has it been fairly consistent throughout yes 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 big fat yes it's like having kids like blows your life up and it makes such fundamental differences and whether you want to change your working situation obviously depends on if you're able to because some people just can't afford to change jobs um and you know what you're kind of prepared to do and what you want to do so it's totally totally personal but for me yes after I had just one kid after I had my daughter I was still in my old job um I used to commute two hours each way to get into London um 
worked you know a kind of nine to five I was out of the house for like 11 or 12 hours a day didn't see much of her at all on my working days um after I had my son and I then had two kids and kind of two variables the balance just really tipped for me where I was like I don't want to be that far away from them I always had it in my mind every single day when I went to work when my when I just had my daughter you know what if she gets sick what if she's ill what if she needs me and I'm like two hours away from her at at least because I've got to get out the door and um I was I was actually lucky that broadly she was okay but it didn't change the fact that it was in my mind every single day and that is very very sort of draining mentally and emotionally and I think that after I'd had my son he was born just before the pandemic so I was on mat leave with him through it obviously work changed for everyone during that period and the prospect of going back to that pattern which is what was basically required just felt barbaric to me at that point um so yes they have changed everything for me (laughs) you mentioned it there but you you had a career which required you to be in London, to, to be working in the city. Can you tell us a little bit about what your career journey has looked like and when it started changing and, yeah, the pivots that it's been through? Yeah, I mean, I, like a lot of people, I think, fell into what I used to do. So I, you know, did a degree completely unrelated, Um and then I graduated when I was 23 because I had taken a gap year and then a four year course because I studied French. So by the time I graduated, I thought I was really old. Ha. Um, and I was like, shit, I need a job now. Um, and a friend of, had, a friend of a friend was working for a small events company in Covent Garden and they needed a summer temp. It was like 50 quid a day, help out. And I knew her from like going out on nights out at uni and I went in, met her and my then boss. And he was like, okay, do you want to come upstairs and work now? Or hang on a minute, take my credit card, go and buy yourself a laptop. I was like, what? This is amazing. Um, And I just started and I really enjoyed it. I am an organiser in my nature so I really enjoyed events and putting things together and quite quickly I was like oh I really like this I need to turn this into a permanent job for myself because I like it and I want a salary and I want to move into London with my friends so I kind of set out to make myself indispensable and I did that partly through you know hopefully being good at the job and also very much aligning myself with him we did really get on and I sort of came his became his unofficial PA at the same time like really helped him out with some of his diary management and stuff and kind of became his like right hand woman basically um stayed there for several years he had a bit of a change and decided to wind up the business and at that point I decided to set up my own events company convinced my colleague there to join me we set up our own events business um did that for about nine months and because we were winning quite a lot of work we then got approached by a bigger business who said look can we join forces we'll absorb your business into ours Nikki you run the business me Simon who'd approached me I will go out and win the work because I'm a salesperson I can just sell 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 you run the business and your business partner at the time Nadia she can deliver the events and we'll be this brilliant team and that's what we did and we were a brilliant team Um, that's where I met my husband Um, and I did that until 
you know, after I had my daughter, but that business grew a lot over the course of, of over the course of that time. So that was like 2011, 2012. And when I left, it was like 2021. So it was, you know, a good decade later, basically. Um, and that business had evolved loads. So, you know, essentially I was in events, but I also stopped working in events and went more into the kind of strategic side of the business, worked in operations. By that time, it had become a group of companies. So I was working across the group. Um, so it was completely unrelated from anything I then went on to do when I set up my next business. And can you just tell us a bit about that? Like what led you to, to set up the next business? <sighs> I'm a stupidity, I think, like blind faith. <laughs> um, so I have two kids. I have one of each. I have a girl and a boy. And in the pandemic at home, I was getting frustrated about the fact that very few of my daughter's clothes could be handed on to my son because she wore like girls clothes and he he needed boys clothes. Um, so I just had this idea in my head of starting a unisex kids clothing brand. It was completely random, I had absolutely no experience in fashion, design, anything like it. Um, but I had an idea in my head for some really cool unisex designs and I just, used all of his nap times you know all of the downtime on my mat leave to like educate myself about how to you know work with factories and get the actual designs done and drawn up you know the technical drawings all of that um and then in spring 2021 I launched that which over the course of the next year kind of evolved into just being a women's wear brand um, because the kids wear was really popular and great, but it was all ethically made, organic, because that's really important to me. But that meant the price point was higher and it was a harder sell. And I did start making a little bit of women's wear originally as a kind of matchy matchy thing. But the women's wear was the thing that really set people on fire. And it became obvious to me that that was the only way to kind of actually make that brand viable and continue with it. So... I, I dropped the kids wear, I carried on with women's wear and it was only really at the beginning of this year that I wound that business up and pivoted again. I mean, I'm going to quote you back to you um, <laughs> just because I think I saw this quote and it's so interesting and I want to dive into a little bit, but you said, I said two years and after two years, I'm not in a position to scale this business. So from here, we pivot to the next challenge. I've lost a lot of money, but what I've gained is honestly priceless. <laughs> I guess the question is, what made you make that decision that it was time to pivot again to the next challenge? Because it sounds like you you were on to something that you could see working, but it sounds like it was also extremely tough. And it was obviously there was something at some point that you just thought it's time to to draw a line under this and to mm -hmm. go on to another challenge so what got you to that so I think in business I've always been able in a way to separate head and heart and make sort of hard business decisions in a, in a colder way so there was a huge amount of emotion wrapped up in my business because I loved it and cared about it and had all these people that loved it and were like saying things to me like your clothes are like therapy or I live in these, you know, please don't stop making them. Um, 
but I reached a point with it where I had put a lot of money into it when I when I left one of my businesses I got bought out and I got some money for for the shares um which went into like an investment account I took some of that out and invested it in this business so I had working capital to start off with and that was about 40,000 pounds that I put into it so not an insignificant sum and to me really not an insignificant sum and I want to lay that point because I don't want anyone to think oh well she just had all this money like it was an easy gamble for her yeah I had that money it was not an easy gamble I do not have much left um like I said there was this kind of naivety and this blind faith that I could kind of make it work and I put the money into it that was afloat for a while then everything I made I reinvested into the business but you guys will know like cash flow can kill businesses it can kill healthy businesses and my business was on the right track it was going in the right direction I had amazing customers I had a great returning customer rate really good conversion rates on the website but not enough people knew about it that I could scale it quickly enough without loads more money you know I needed to advertise I needed to do PR I needed to spend money on someone who knew how to get across my my data my emails you know if I had my time again I'd do it completely differently but I reached a point with it where, where I kind of knew it wasn't working because some things had happened you know some stock had come in too late so people didn't buy it at the right time so the money didn't come in at the right time so there was these kind of small things that happened that led to this decision and then on top of that you know I'd been sort of chewing that idea over and then my husband said to me what are you doing here because if you really really wanted this you would be knocking down every door and just making it happen and you're not and he kind of called me out and that's really out of character for him because normally he's literally like the biggest cheerleader but in a way it was his cheerleading because he was like look this is stressing me out a bit I've got to be honest with you about how I'm feeling I don't really know where you're going with this what are you going to do and it was absolutely what I needed to go shit you know I've known this but now you've said it I've got to get on and do it so I was able to then make quite a cold decision because I just knew what needed to happen and I'd known it for a while but that kind of crystallized everything yeah I I mean I can I can really relate to being in that position of you're kind of going along going with the motions it might be going well at one point or it, it might be going well in one area and not so well in another area but I think that's so helpful that your husband was able to say to you like where are you going with this I'd love to know at that point what are the what are the questions that you ask yourself what does a business need to do for you for it to be something to knock down every door and you know make it work like what are the questions that you would ask yourself in when you've got a hard decision to make that is that's a really good question um because obviously for me it came down to like financially the business wasn't viable at that time but why wasn't I knocking down every door um I think the spark went out of me a little bit on that front you know being a solo founder is really really hard it's amazing and rewarding but it is lonely it is hard and you doubt yourself constantly and obviously we all have our own skills and I have 
a particular set of skills to quote Liam Neeson and not skills in other areas and you know those come into sharp focus when you're running your own business you know what you're really really good at you know what you're not and you outsource what you what you can and what you can afford to but I got to a point where I was like I need to scale this business now and I had scaled you know these kind of event companies that I'd worked in I hadn't scaled a fashion brand. I didn't have that experience. And I was asking myself, can I do this? Do I know how to do it? Can I stand in front of investors and like hand on heart speak so compellingly that they're like, whatever she is buying, I am selling. And that wasn't a binary thing because on some days I'd say, yeah, I could. But on some days I couldn't, you know, I just lost the energy with it. And so I think the question I was asking myself was like, I don't know if I did ask myself, honestly, why aren't you doing that? I think I just knew that I wasn't doing it and that that meant I wasn't going to be able to continue with it if I was completely honest with myself. Yeah, I am. I I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. You know, being a solo founder is extremely difficult. I certainly underestimated uh, the challenges. And I I think it's so interesting what you're saying. Like, even without having asked yourself directly the question, why aren't I doing it? The reality is, like, you just weren't. And I can really relate. I'm the same sort of person. It's like, if I want to make something happen, I'll make it happen. So if I'm not, I probably don't want to but with with all of this in mind I'd love to ask you do you think it's useful to have so when you're going into any it could be a job it doesn't have to be a business but when you're going into any sort of new project or venture do you think it's useful to have kind of like a five-year plan because I think there's a lot of pressure now like you should you should have a five-year plan and you should have targets for year one two three four five and whatever but I guess listening to you and knowing from my own experience, it's clear that like a lot of stuff, you just don't know until you kind of suck it and see. Like you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know whether it's going to be right. Do you think it's good to have some sort of like North Star, five-year, 10-year plan? Or do you think it's better to just go with the flow when it comes to business and work and just kind of see where it takes you? I think it's great and important to have a plan. I think it's of fundamental importance to be prepared to deviate from that plan. Like having a plan is great. Having a plan is useful. It gives you maybe that, maybe it gives you that purpose or an idea of where you might be going. But if you do not have the innate ability to go with the flow, I think you're kind of screwed because, you know, in my life, I'm a planner. I'm literally, if we're going on a day out, I'm like, what time are we getting there? What time are we eating? What time are we leaving? We don't want the kids to fall asleep in the car. I'm like minute detail. But with my business, I have a weird ability to go with the flow. And I think that is because what's happened over the last couple of years, I couldn't have possibly predicted where I am now. And therefore, I don't really want to predict where I might be in two years. I just want to do what's serving me now and what I'm enjoying now and what speaks to me now, because that's all I have. <laughs> you know, I, that's I, the reality. I, 
yeah, I'd love to ask, is that, have you always been fortunate enough to have that attitude or has that got easier as you've had more experience? Because I struggle mm. to sort of let it be when it comes to work and I'm sure that would serve me better. So uh, yeah, I guess my question to you is, and I'm hoping you're going to say yes, is like, do you think that's got easier and you've relaxed into it more with experience or do you think that's something you just kind of have to sort of drill into yourself? Listen, completely, yeah, it gets easier because, you know, not only does your business change, but you change. So why would it be the same thing all the time when you're not the same person? You know, we spoke about me being a mum. Like that changed me so fundamentally. The financial position that I'm in now has changed me again. Um, You know, I've been through phases of my life where I have been you know when I first started working I was like right I need to get this job I need to make it a permanent job I need to run the business I was in such a hurry and if I you know if I if I went back in time I'd just be like love you're getting paid like 18 grand a year can wind your neck in like just go out for a drink and enjoy yourself what the hell are you trying to do but you know as you get older your focus changes, your perspective changes. And, you know, kids have changed everything for me because I am at what what I would describe as a control enthusiast. Okay, Um, trying to reframe. Love that. I think we've just coined a new term right here. I've never heard that one before, but that's brilliant. Yeah, okay, so that that is me completely. Um, But, you know, like, maybe it's a cliche but like when you have kids there's a lot of things that are outside of your control you it does relax you because I think it focuses your mind on like really what's fundamentally important to me is like the health of me my kids my family and a roof over our heads and you know we do not take that for granted honestly every single day my husband and I speak about how grateful we are to live where we live, have a roof over our heads. You know, it's not like even a conscious practice. It's just something that we do. Like we just live in this state of gratitude. And we have been through phases where he's lost jobs and I've supported him financially. And now he supports me financially. So, you know, that ebb and flow has happened. Um, He obviously supported me in quitting a well-paid, like high five figure salary to set up what is essentially a pipe dream. And now I'm on this other journey. And, you know, a few months ago, I said to him, I'm going to start a podcast. And he's like, how are you going to monetize that? And I was like, I'm not at the moment. I just really want to do it. (laughs) And he's like, "Okay, okay." And, you know, I have to bring him on that journey. But he's super supportive of it. Um, So I'm very much in a go with the flow phase. And I think it definitely does get easier and of course there's financial privilege that goes with that not massive financial privilege like it is difficult for us but we have a roof over our heads you know I know what we have and I don't take any of it for granted yeah I think it's so interesting isn't it there you kind of highlighted that fact that you go through these phases and you know a lot of people I know will be thinking okay well it's all well and good that you have a partner because there is again like you say like a privilege of having a partner that you can go through that with and I've been very vocal about the fact that that's been similar for the situation that I'm in as well that it really does does give you a platform to be able to go off and explore these different avenues um but it works both ways a lot of the time um 
but you mentioned there as well that you're you know you're kind of going with the flow at the moment but that you've got these ideas and that you've got an, an idea of what you want to explore next so can you tell us a little bit about what your current plans are I mean listen I'm very very much still in the chrysalis I think of this next phase um and I'm okay with that genuinely I am okay with that but I am moving to the point of figuring it out and enjoying that process so you know when I when I went on what I thought would be a temporary hiatus from the clothing brand I started doing some like social media marketing or like content creation and social media management and some broader base like marketing for for people um because they saw what I did with my brand and they liked it and they were like can you help me and then I kind of put it out there. Does anyone else want help? And more people said yes. So quite organically, I managed to get a few clients. It's not, you know, it's basically a break-even thing for me at the moment because I did I don't charge much. I was getting you sort of my feet under the table, and I still have overheads in the business and some debt that I'm like paying off. So I had to sort of put, put my big girl pants on and be like, how am I going to keep this business ticking over while I make a plan for the next bit? And that's what I kind of started doing. Um, now I'm in the phase where I'm taking on more work. I'm trying to formalize what my offering is, but it's not just one thing. And I think that I have to fight against the assumption that it would just be one thing, because that is the world that we live in, where people like, you know, Ellie, you and I have had this conversation. What do you do? And it, the inference is what one thing do you do? And, you know, I don't do one thing in my life. So why would I do one thing in my work? You know, I enjoy and can turn my hand to several things. So I guess I've always had a marketing brain because even when I worked in events, it was events as part of a, a marketing calendar. It was events as as a sort of marketing tool. Um, so that's the kind of baseline, but obviously a huge part of that is kind of brand and then there's the operational part of business that I've always worked in I've worked in like growing businesses and running budgets and then the financial side of it um so at the moment I'm in a phase of saying yes to what I'm drawn to when people ask me and no to what I'm not and that's something I'm still figuring out I'm trying to figure out of the work I've done recently what has really filled my cup and what have I enjoyed and what do I want to do more of what just doesn't really turn me on and I'm not interested in doing and kind of shaping what my offering is as a result of that and then launching my own podcast as a side project was something that I was super passionate about I felt that I had the privilege of time to work on it because obviously it's super like time consuming um but there were conversations that I really wanted to have that I thought were really important um, for other people to hear, for my kids to hear, you know, when the time is right, to hear women talking about work. So, um, you know, it's kind of, it's it's several things at the moment, but I'm trying to, I'm getting to the point of like starting to plait those threads together. And I think I've got a lot to offer in the kind of small, I hate saying small business, in the independent business space, because I've always worked in small sized independent businesses and um that's what I'm really passionate about and I think that's where I can identify a lot of things and and help people because a lot of people start a small business 
just because they love making X product or they want to offer this service, but they don't have the experience that I've got of actually being in businesses and building them. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to say yes to, to what I want to say yes to. I absolutely love that. I feel like we need more of that. And also, I mean, even when you just said it there, the that question, oh, so what do you do? Like every single time I'm asked it, it fills me with anxiety and dread because I cannot answer it in one word or like one sentence. And we're not in a world, like you said, where that's going to be normal anymore. Like you're always going to have like the people that do do it. You know, I'm married to a lawyer and he's probably always going to be a lawyer. Um, But it's it's just such a, a weirdly awkward question, especially as more and more of us are doing like three, four, five different things. Um, and um, I don't think it's like a positive to try and be fitted into a tiny box. We need to burn the elevator pitch, the concept <laughs> of the elevator pitch. God, I had it rammed down my throat so much Completely. in the early years of my career. Terrible. And, you know, when I was looking at getting investment from my business, you know, everyone was like, you know what's your elevator pitch and essentially you're going to be standing in a room of middle-aged white men pitching to them and I'm like why am I pitching a women's wear brand to a load of like middle-aged white men that doesn't that doesn't speak to me um and I think you know and it's not it's not men's fault but I think a lot of the ways that we think and talk about work are a throwback to you know, the working week as we know it, the working structure as we know it, which hopefully, you know, we are getting to a point that is starting to evolve. Um, but yeah, for me, it, it just doesn't, it just does not sit right with me at all. I've never been that person. Even when I had my first job, I made it my business to sit next to my boss who I was friendly with and go, are you doing the VAT return? Can you talk to me about VAT? What, what is VAT? How does it work? And then he was looking at the business budget and I was like, can I look at it with you? You know, I was like a temp working on events, but I wanted to understand the workings of the business. And because I was in a small business, I had the privilege to be able to do that. So when I was at times, you know, always you're unhappy at work at a point, you're like, oh, I'm going to look at other jobs. And people were like, so what, what are you? And even then I didn't really know. So, you know, it's not, it's just not me, but actually I think it's also not a lot of people, but it's what we think we have to be. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, God forbid you should take any time off work, I, which I, I've experienced, and then people ask you what you do. And it's if you've had kids or something, then you can say, I've taken some time off to have kids. If you've just taken some time off, and people say, what do you do? Nothing. Like, that's that's a tough one. I know, <laughs> and why don't they just ask you, like, what do you like doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Well, how do you, you spend know, your time? Yeah. Exactly how do you spend your time what are your hobbies what's your favorite food what kind of places do you like to eat what kind of holidays do you like to go on you know there's so many questions you can ask someone and ellie and i had this exact conversation um there's a total lack of imagination so people's default is like what do you do one one thing i'd love to ask you because you've, you've mentioned kind of the financing of of uh business quite a lot and i've definitely been through that when i started my i'd gone from employment taken some time off work and then literally was like right I now need to make some money uh I don't really want to go back into employment um mm. so I'm gonna try something on my own and loads of people around me said to me 
you absolutely can't do it. You need to have 50, do you have 50 to 100 grand in the bank? And I was like, no, I've got about three months worth of rent and bills. <laughs> that's that's the reality of my life. And they were like, well, do you have like a partner or someone who can support you? I was like, no. They were like, well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? And I said, well, look, if in three months the money's run out, then I'll go get a job, but I'm going to try it. So that's been my approach. And I am glad that I did it. But And you you're know, still here. You're still I'm, here I'm a lot still, later than three months. Listen, I'm still here. It's been a lot longer than three months, but I can really relate to what you said about um, kind of when you were talking about, I'm in a similar position where I don't have huge amounts of cash that I could use to employ somebody or a great PR team or a great marketing team or build my brand. It's much, much slower. So I'd love to know with your experience now, whether you would um, approach any sort of business or new venture differently and whether you think it is important to have a big amount of cash in the bank to really go at or whether actually you think, look, if you've got an idea, run with it and you'll you'll find a way to to work through any cash flow issues. I think the reality of the situation is, is that you need to have some cash reserves if you've got rent and bills or a mortgage to pay. You know, you need, the reality, even if you're starting a service-based business and you've got very low overhead, you still need a month two months three months to get ahead of to give yourself some runway so you know if you are in a more secure financial situation where you've got a partner then then great if you haven't I think the reality is you need something but I don't think you need a grand plan and I think that is a default position for a lot of people speaking from their own fear because they would never do what you're about to do they would never dream of quitting a job starting something with absolutely no guarantees that is about them it isn't about you and it isn't a discredit to them it's literally different personality types you know when I started my clothing brand my friends were amazingly supportive just incredible but I know they were also like what the fuck is she doing (laughs) because I had no experience no clue I was just like yeah I'm gonna do this and I think they probably felt like what the hell is she doing but also proud and also not surprised because of who I am and it just comes down to personality types you know if you have an entrepreneurial spark again it's not a good or a bad thing it's not a criticism if you don't have it I think you just either do or don't have it yeah it's so true and I think actually you know I think a lot of people but don't think that they do or maybe they they suspect that they do but they don't also want to like give it the space to explore because again of that fear that you mentioned and that fear that it won't work out but I often say to people you know like why are you so convinced as well that your employment is going to work out um you know I know that there are obvious practical elements to it which give you a little bit more security but like there really isn't and I'm seeing so many people at the moment who are being made redundant or who are having terrible times with like employers treating them badly and it's like well there's no, there is no guarantee that that is going to work out. So, you know, we, we're all just trying to figure out what does actually work for us. And sometimes you maybe just have to give something a go and roll the dice. And I mean, on that point, I guess I just wonder, would you do anything? I mean, there will be little things like you mentioned that you maybe would approach differently, but like, would you actually change anything if you did it again? Do you think? I mean, 
yeah if I'm looking at it from a sort of purely business-like point of view there's things I would do differently in the clothing brand definitely you know there's there's learnings that I had um there's I would look at wholesale from day one and I would massively focus on that I would focus on building my community even more and my email list rather than on running ads you know so there's these there's these kind of like tangible fundamental things but I guess the reality is, oh, and I'd like give myself back £40,000. <laughs> but I guess the reality is, and the way that I describe it to people and the way that I justify it to myself is that if I had done a paid for MBA, it probably would have cost me forty to £50,000. And what I have learned over the last two to three years has been like doing an, a sort of practical MBA. It has brought amazing connection amazing opportunity um yeah it's been hard it's been horrific at times um but would I change where I am now no never one thing I'd love to just pick up on is that point about community because I actually heard you on another podcast I think I don't think it was your podcast I think you were a guest on somebody else's and you were talking about the importance of branding and building a community and that gives you adaptability and and the ability to pivot um and I'd just love for you to talk a bit about that because I think that's something really important that we so often forget yeah I mean I think for me I approached my brand seriously you know for me I always because of my background in kind of slightly bigger businesses with a certain aesthetic and a certain expectation on how things look and feel I always wanted my business to look and feel slick from the off and for it to look and feel like something real so that people got excited about it and they wanted to come along on the journey and one thing that I would look back on and say that I did well and that I wouldn't change was building that community because I started out with a tiny audience talking about the pillars of my brand, the things that are fundamentally important to me. And then it built from there. And as time went on, you know, I got more comfortable speaking. I injected my personality into it more. And for whatever reason, and however comfortably or uncomfortably it sits with you, you know, people do start to buy into you as a person, as the founder and a founder journey, you know, in this day and age is super important to people. They don't really want the nameless, faceless corporate thing. Um, so I very much lent into that through discomfort rather than, tr yeah, I, I didn't want to talk to myself, talk about myself as we you know and be like yeah what what we've got coming up in the next month you know it's just me and that's okay you know one day it might have been me it might have been we but right now it's me so let's call a spade a spade and you know I think that all helps with building that community and I talked to my customers and I really did I answered every single message and then I started consulting my customers you know when I had colorways I would do polls, I would speak to them, the ones that, you know, didn't just vote, but but answered me, came up with ideas. It was a two way street and they very much felt like they were helping create the clothes that they were going to wear. Um, I'd love to say to you that was a super strategic thing that I set out on doing from the beginning. It wasn't. It was just something that happened organically because I understood the value of that community. And I still do now. You know, I've pivoted away from the clothing brand. I've put it out there on my Instagram. It's not what I'm doing anymore. I am hopeful for future collaborations. And that's how to kind of keep the clothing alive because I know there's a want for it. But for now, 
what I'm using my platform for really is just kind of like me being my usual idiotic self talking about my podcast and not too much about work because I don't think that's what my core audience is there for the people that have stayed are the people who are kind of on the journey with me for whatever reason they have just bought into that and I can't interrogate that too much no for listen for sure I I I just think that the reality is you have built that community and you know if next week you post something out to your community saying I'm doing this new thing or just launching the the podcast you know you've instantly got people who have already bought into you and like you say they'll want to come with you on that journey so I think that can't be underestimated and definitely something that I myself need to learn um but honestly I can't thank you enough for talking so honestly and candidly about your journey I just don't think anyone does it enough and it's just very encouraging to hear and I think particularly like you said having the podcast and talking about women working and in business it's so important so thank you for that um for anyone who's listened and wants to go to your podcast and hear it or wants to come into your community and follow you and see what you're up to where are the best places for them to go so on Instagram, I'm Wilder Ones, Wilder.ones. Um, my podcast is called Women's Business. It's all about women's career paths and it launches on the 6th of March. It's so soon as well. And by the time this is out, then you will be able to go and listen. So we will link to Women's Business in the show notes as well. But thank you so, so much, Nikki. It's been brilliant chatting to you. And we're excited to follow as part of your community and see what happens next. Oh, thank you so much for having me.